you know what? It makes a change. You get a running order sorted. You have a load of other things to talk about. And then look what goes and happens before recording for a change. For once. Yeah, you're hit with the most unprecedented news potentially in Premier League history. Yes, it's in the 30 years of the Premier League, this is the biggest news story that's ever happened, without a shadow of doubt. And the news that we're talking about, people will now know more info this by the time this podcast goes out. Manchester City have been charged by the Premier League with numerous alleged breaches of financial rules. What? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... It is party time. Not again. <laughs> yeah. What? Is he doing something dodgy? It would Allegedly. Like, it's, it, we should stress this is still in the alleged department. We're still learning info at the time of this podcast. The news came 20 minutes before we were going to record. And then we start to collect our thoughts. And is this? I don't know what to say. <laughs> At least I'm still trying to learn all the info that has come out. Yeah, uh, so I can give you a quick rundown. So they've been charged with uh, more than 100 alleged breaches 100? of financial regulations <laughs> after a full year. Without having something really wrong. Yeah. The Premier League announced on its website that the club had been charged with breaching regulations over nine seasons. It is believed that if the charges are approved, it could lead to a range of sanctions, including points deduction or even expulsion from the league. The Premier League said in a statement, in accordance with Premier League Rule W.82.1, the Premier League confirms that it has today referred a number of alleged breaches of the Premier League rules by Manchester City Football Club to a commission. Uh, It then obviously goes through each uh, charge that they have had. Uh, It is alleged that City had overstated sponsorship income with money being paid by the club's Abu Dhabi owners effectively doubled Roberto Mancini's wages via a secret contact with an Abu Dhabi club and broken rules about approaching young players. Just there's a lot to unpack, <laughs> as you can tell. So, yeah, well, I would I would ask people to seek out the more experienced people in these matters. We're here purely to talk about the football, but it is still something you have to talk about, of course. Yeah, um, yeah I don't had <laughs> I mean, it, it, like we were saying pre-recording, it's not surprising. No, it when feels we've looked, When you look at um, all the stuff that has happened to them, like if we, if this is over nine seasons, go back what nine years puts us at 2012 2013 season so 2013 14 they were the champions in that season yeah 2013 14 how much of their signings were legitimate um is now we're we're talking the likes of martin d michaelis and and, uh what's his name stefan jovatic (laughs) that's how far back we're going jesus christ um yeah it's I'm just bamboozled as to what to say. Like, it is absolutely crazy. It's also the timing of this is quite amazing as well. After the weekend that Man City have had, when maybe they are being questioned about going as far as they can in their current era. 
Hmm. They're, they're lowest for a little while, morale-wise, and now they've just been kicked back down into the hole even more. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. So I'm just looking here at that first season, if it goes back nine years, 2013-14. The players that they brought in, Fernandinho, 30 million. Oh, Jesus well, Navas, yeah, 14.9 million. Alvaro Negredo, 20 million. 22 million on Stefan Jovatic. 4 million on Martin de Micheles. Uh, an undisclosed fee for Thierry Ambrose, who's an academy player. And then 490,000 on an academy player called Zacharias Faul. Pronunciation may be uh, left to determine. And then the only two confirmed fees that we've seen from that season of players was Carlos Tevez leaving for Juventus for 12 million and Maicon leaving to Roma for 3 million. I completely forgot Maicon actually played for Man City. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Abdul Razak went left to Russia for an undisclosed fee and then they got uh, two fees for academy players. Denis Suarez went to Barcelona B for 1.35 million and Jeremy Elan went to Sheffield Wednesday for 350 grand. Yeah, I, I mean... It's it's difficult to try and allege anything from any of that, if I'm honest. From our perspective, we don't know enough info at this moment in time, so I feel like we can only really talk about what happened in yesterday's game where they were beaten by Tottenham, and they, yeah, they weren't, I wasn't impressed. It was just the average Man City performance where they couldn't put the ball in the net again. Yeah, I mean... Straight away, though, before the game even kicked off, questions were being asked by fans and some media about his team selection. Yeah, it was another one of those random Pep Guardiola game selections for a game where you could argue it was important they won given that another team had dropped points 24 hours earlier. Yeah, and it's one of them where it could literally define their season and, and yet you're playing... Uh, Without arguably the best player at your club for the last four or five years in Kevin De Bruyne, literally one of the you best. Bring him on. One of the best players in Premier League history. It's it's as simple as that, and he yeah. didn't feature until the second half. And I'd argue yeah, even when I, he came on, he didn't have much to offer anyway. No, I mean he plays. It's always had the odd pass down again, which looks good, but did it mm. lead to anything actually meaningful? No. No. Exactly. I mean, um, obviously, Haaland didn't even have a single chance in the game for the first time in over three years. So there's got to be questions as, as to what went wrong with City yesterday. It feels too easy to say, well, if Haaland isn't involved, then Man City are back to the Man City that we've known for years if they don't have a goal-scoring threat amongst them. Mm. They're just a team that passes yeah. sideways, and then when they give up, they just cross it in, and no one's there to get on it. Every time they cross that ball in, it missed Haaland completely. Yeah, it was just like, well, you know, uh, Spurs are going to be dealing with it, because like you say, they were just overshooting Haaland way too much. Yeah, like, the best player for Man City yesterday was Grealish, but an absolute mile. They got him on the ball, and at least he tried to do something. Yeah. 100%. Like he tried to inject a bit of creativity into that City team, but it just it didn't seem to happen. 
No, and I guess we were going for the Spurs perspective on that. A lot of that came down to a rare, unbelievable performance from Emerson Royale. Yeah, I feel like he has one of the he's every once in a blue moon. It feels like he's an improved. No player. pun intended, by the way. <laughs> it's a dark moon now. That there's no moon. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, it's a black cloud. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but yeah, Emerson Royale, he, he, as I said, I think he's been an improving player for Tottenham. He'd always been made a bit of a scapegoat for them, but now he's been given confidence by the fact that he's one of the only right backs left with Spurs. He's definitely now probably their number one choice. Oh, 100%. So he has to replay that now in performances, and I think he did that yesterday. He did very well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in that game as well, Harry Kane became the all-time top goal scorer. Uh, Typical Man City, taking Harry Kane's moment away from him. Yes. Uh, surpassing the late Jimmy Greaves to now have 267 goals for Tottenham Hotspur, and it now moved him to 200 Premier League goals as well. He's 60 um, off of Shearer, I've noticed. And 8 off Wayne Rooney. He's going to beat Rooney. <laughs> He's beating Rooney. Oh, yeah, he, should, he should beat Rooney by the end of this season. Yeah, good. If there's anything that I can take solace of, is it A, he beat Rooney's England record, and uh, he's, I think he gets close to Shearer. He, he still needs at least two more 20-goal-plus seasons, really, doesn't he? If you think about it. Yeah, that's if he yeah. regresses as he gets older. Mm. I mean, he's got 17 this season, so... And what he's only 29, plus even, let's say, a summer move to a different Premier League club happens. And obviously, <laughs> it was unlikely. Oh, if, if the video didn't uh, lag and they said, I'd have, get, I'd have probably seen you giving me a little bit of a, a wink. Like, yeah, yeah, United, United, United. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, definitely. I don't think you're trying this. But to say if he was, uh, he, or... I think if he had joined Man City instead of Haaland joining them, then I think he could have, he could easily get that 260. I, I think it may take him a couple more years, but I don't know how many more years he's got left in him. I'd like to think he plays to his mid 30s minimum, but it's how high is the level at that point? Is he still a great finisher? Which which he can be. But we're already seeing him mm-hmm. adapt his style a little bit. He's coming deeper every time. He's trying to get involved more. Does the older he gets, yeah, the further forward he just stays up as like a poacher. Who knows? But I, I, I like the debate that has now come about again. That is Harry Kane one of the best players in Premier League history? See, I don't think he is. Well, yeah, I, it doesn't it's it's like, a debatable subject, but I don't agree in that. Oh, it, it, because he hasn't won a trophy, he can't be included. At the same time, I'm thinking of for me growing up in the noughties, some of the strikers that the Premier League has had. Yes, Harry Kane's phenomenal, but trying to put him past Prime Henri. Prime DDA drug there. Pro, prime Wayne Rooney. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I think he's a prime Aguero oh, as well. 
yeah, like when I finger him for me, he's not top five. But I'd I'd have him top ten. Like, I don't know, he's not top ten. Uh, top ten. What strikers? strikers? It's, it's you, you going off of strikers, he's definitely a top ten Premier League striker ever. Like if he isn't, then what's the point? Trophies doesn't matter in that yeah. in that case. He scores goals. He's the yeah. first highest goal scorer in Premier League history. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's definitely amongst the top ten. What order? I don't know specifically. He may even I be top think... five in that case. If you put it on goals, I feel like you can't not include it. Well, yeah, goals alone, he's obviously in the top five. But if we go on all-round play and impact he has on the team, and not just goals alone, and obviously not about winning Premier League titles. If it was later years, then maybe I would probably just have him outside of it. Top five, that is. Mm. He's top ten for me, definitely. It's the top five debate that brings about... A bit more of question a, marks. Yeah, a few questions. Yeah, hundred percent. But that's a debate and, for a different time. I'm not having this right now. <laughs> yeah, there's more pressing issues. Damn it. <laughs> um, big slip up for City in terms of trying to catch Arsenal because obviously Arsenal uh, dropping points this weekend. So it was the perfect opportunity for Manchester City to try and close the gap to them. But they didn't, so let's go on to that Arsenal game now in Sean Deitch Masterclass. One of Arsenal, them. you have been dodged. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Deitch all 101 this was. This absolutely was. Did you see it in his post-match? Someone asked him, like, was, I can't remember the question, but he replied, he was like, well, we tried. you just have to put the ball in the other team's net. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's you. That's so you. <laughs> It, but it's true though. It's like, what was your, wasn't it like, what was your plans for this game? It was like to put the ball in there, not and not and stop the ball going, you know, on it. it was like, he's not wrong. It, that is just ball in general. It's basic, but when it works, yeah, it completely just keep yeah. doing that. I, exactly. I'd always be worried about Everton now if this is how they go about business. If they can get on a good five to ten game run now following this, then yeah, it's going to be absolutely. Uh, incredible. Mm. Like a, a performance like that makes you think, oh yeah, they ain't going down. But of course, they, we mm. have to we have to tempt fate a little bit, be less subjective, and wait for a few more weeks down the line before we start going down that road. Yeah, I mean they're still in the relegation zone based on other results this weekend. But it's again, I think if you look, there's still good few teams. Literally five points separating Wolves in fifteenth and uh, Southampton in twentieth place. So should we make this whole relegation really... topic before we go on to Arsenal? Yeah, we can do because there's mean... so much to unpack relegation team like this yeah. this weekend for what I've been seeing. <laughs> I think any one of them can go down. Well, even you can throw Leicester in there; they're only a point further ahead of Wolves. I, I think you know why I would disagree with that one. <laughs> Yeah, understandably as well, but you, you can't rule them out. I mean, that's two then, then again, for, like Villa help every team, so like, <laughs> quite but, literally in the case of this weekend, <laughs> we'll get yeah. that. Yeah, so you can say there's about six or seven teams that can still go down because I disagree on that. 
for me, it's the five. I, Maybe even four. Wrong. I, I, I always don't even want to include Wolves in the situation. Really? Yeah, I think they do enough compared to the rest of them around them. Mm. I mean, it's possible. I always think, like, when it comes to about late April, May times, like, that's four or five games of the season. Wolves just tend to fade away. I can't even be fully convinced of West Ham, if I'm honest. What, of them potentially going down? Yeah, I, I look at that bottom four, I think, yeah, maybe that's it. Potentially, but then at the same time, I'm thinking, well, this is where I can see uh, these picking up points, or if Everton get on a run, if Leeds get a bit of spark of life after their result. Um, obviously, not this past weekend, but getting more results uh, in their favour, then I, for me, I don't think that there's, there's probably a clear two or three. I think the bottom two, I think, will stay Bournemouth and Southampton. For me, the clear, the bottom two is clear. I think they're, you, I don't see them right now at this point, February the 6th. I don't see them changing it. No, them two probably just change positions, but they'll stay in the relegation zone. Yeah. Everton, they might go on a run it's now, as we said. Place. Leeds, I don't know. I still, as of right now, maybe I'd have them occupying it, but that's because they're just so mixed right now. They'll have yeah. their good performance, but not get a win. And mm-hmm. then they, they're either that, it's either that or they lose. So oh, 100%. I don't think Jesse Marsh is long the position if that keeps going. Yeah, I think he'll be gone by the end of the season if the results keep changing, and changing like this. Uh, this is where I get to, so I'd seen this morning, it was in the, the Athletic, it had been reported that apparently Jesse Marsh had done almost the most American thing ever. He, he'd sat the players down, turned on Netflix, and they watched the Redeem Team documentary about the USA Olympic team, nice. <laughs> basketball team. Um, 2008? Yes. Redeem team? Yeah. What? <laughs> I have no idea. If you get a back and watch basketball documentaries, at least make them watch Last Dance. Yeah, do something where you can think, okay, this is how we can... It was supposedly done talk. to bring... Or inspire togetherness, which I don't think that's Leeds' issue. They seem a very like close knit together squad. They're just not winning games. Mm. Like you know, sometimes you don't need to these inspiring documentaries about that. You just need to win the fucking games by putting the ball in the net. It's simple. Which is something they're failing to do right now, and. Another team that's failing, you know, is Southampton, bottom of the league. Nathan Jones is not exactly doing what was expected of him. And he's also now managed to piss the fans off. Yeah. I mean, can we say expected? Because what he's wanted of him, let's be honest, he was wanted to, he was brought in to get them out of them. Is he realistically expected to have done that? He's never managed in the Premier League before. You don't hire the highest he's done. I disagree. And... You don't hire a manager at the point where they sign him to be like, "Yeah, we're going down." Let's just accept it. No, they they and they even said themselves they 
brought him in under some like metrics thing yeah, but and survive this season. I feel like Southampton's ownership in that sense is just, they're just really well, they have strange their ownership, their so it's a it's a different approach right now that they're mm. they're going through. So yeah, I, you can always let them for me, slightly for that one. They, it's a mistake, and mm-hmm. like seeing the comments, we'll get to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, but for me, I, I just I think he was always going to struggle because the fact of he's never managed in the Premier League before and the harsh realities of it. Yeah. Where in the Championship, there's obviously more games than you can get a result against anyone because it's really wide open. Maybe not this season with how the two sides are leading the Championship, but realistically, the rest of the league is wide open. So I think that's why it's easier for a manager in the Championship in that sense to look better than what they actually are. But if they get a promotion to a Premier League club, then it's always going to be uh, hard for them, especially if they've never managed there before. Yeah, and there had been reports going around this morning that the Southampton owners, Sport Republic, are reviewing the position of manager Nathan Jones. It is believed that several senior players are believed to be unhappy with the former Luton, the former Luton manager. I don't know. Like, I don't know where they're coming from in this case. It's not like they their manager spoke at a press conference and completely buried them. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's all right to call out your players if they're doing shit, but in the manner that he did, you're just like, well, you're not going to get them on your side anytime soon, are you? It's like, if anyone's seen the the, the clip, like it's out there, go check it out. What the hell is he talking about? He's not about pandering to fans, pandering to the media and what they want. You're the manager. It's what you want. Show some leadership. That's literally rule one of being the manager. It's what you want. This man in Mm. that, from that whole thing, maybe think, I bet you get laughed at in training. Oh, 100%. Like, is it... uh... Like it's not ways you want to be speaking as a manager and... and the worst thing as well, this is how you, you make players go against you instantly. You start talking about what you've done at past clubs. Yeah. Like, it works in that case if you're, say, Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho, you know, Carlo Ancelotti. Mm-hmm. Not Nathan Jones, who got Luton promoted from League One and failed to get them promoted from the Championship last season. Mm. But it's also the fact that I don't think any manager should be talking about their past club because you just bring in fresh ideas. Yeah, you may take There's a way to talk about it, isn't there? I think you don't just say, yeah. oh, well, I did this at this club and I, I've shown I can do it. Yeah. You, you've got to go about it in a way and say, we did it at this club, we did it. We played like this. Yeah. And then yeah, just... And here's how I'm going to try and implement it to you lot. Like, yeah. yes, I'm... I'm I'm expecting you to be a carbon copy, control C, control V type of players. But if you can see what we did here, this is how we. I'm trying to get it across to you lot. Yeah. I look at, I can use Unai Emery in this situation. Imagine him going to all the Villa players saying, right, lads, I've won all these Europa Leagues. So listen to what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, it doesn't work like that. You may Wait, be uh, the most uh, successful manager in the world. Yeah. I'd like but to if you're not getting any... the results at the current club, then shut the fuck up. 
uh, talking about your past. Yeah, and all I can say in any press conference that Unai Emery has done so far since being Villa manager, he's never buried the players once. He's always been honest and said, it will come in time. We have to keep learning. Mm. Whereas yeah. this guy's just gone, nah, fuck it. <laughs> fuck these lot. You're, you're all shit. I know you're shit. And I'm calling you. The fans may know you're playing shit. The press know you're playing shit. Well, fans have turned. I'm telling the The away end in Brentford were chanting, Nathan Jones, get out of our club. Yeah, I mean, so they've gone, seems... and there was a when I was researching this morning, there was a spaces call last night, and some players and staff were in that, listening in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a bleak situation again for them. Yeah, um, but they, it's a bit, and even worse season. as well when it's a massive game tomorrow against Wolves. Yeah, I think if they lose out, I think he could potentially be out. I think they have to. It, it comes to a point where the, the relationship's gone. Like, it's gone toxic. Okay. Just accept it was the wrong appointment. Get the right mm-hmm. person in at that point that at least gives you a chance. Go from there. Do you bring in... Okay, say if they lose tomorrow and he's sacked by before uh, this weekend's game, do you bring in someone for the rest of the season like in terms of just like... Um, a Ralph Rangnick type situation where you just bring him in till the end of the season. Obviously, not saying Ralph Rangnick would go to Southampton, or do you actually appoint someone for the long term? Like, do you accept your fact that you're gone down now? I know it's only February and results can change, and that, or do you bring someone in and hoping that fortune can change quickly and that you can get out of this relegation scrap? It's an odd one because they've tried the long term approach. Now they're in the middle of it with Nathan Jones, mm. and it, it's not. It doesn't appear to be working at, as of yet, or no. will at all, to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. But if you want the short-term option, then they have to stay up in yeah. that situation, otherwise it's a failed risk. Oh, 100%. I, think... I don't know if there is any like perfect option out there. When I was scroll, scrolling yeah. through, it was all saying Marcelo Gallardo, who won all these Copa Libertadores titles with River Plate. He's out there. He's a very sought-after manager in Europe now that he's available. I don't so it's so handsome wouldn't tempt him. No. It's least, I don't them. think he would. <laughs> I think if they were to survive, then possibly, but... Mm. I mean, I'm just looking now on Skybet. They've got him as favourite as the next Southampton manager. Then you've got Stevie G there at second favourite. If Gerard goes in, they learn nothing. Like that's what I'd say on that one. Uh, And then the next three at ten to one are Poch, Nuno Espirito Santo, and Rafa. I can't say that Pochettino, as much as he has the relationship with Southampton, would be tempted back into that one. No. I feel like it's too late for that reunion. If it was a couple years earlier and yeah. stuff had like, gone, a Rafa Benitez, I don't think would be a bad show actually. Yeah. Yeah, like it's been proven in a similar situation to have worked, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so you'd be silly not to look at that situation mm. and go, well, if he did it at Newcastle, surely he could do it with us. Mm. I think you, sake. you could also say that Everton have that ever when he was at Everton in that case, and you're reacting. Don't tell. I'm not looking. Has Nathan Jones actually been sacked? <laughs> no. I was just looking oh. at who was um, on that betting list still. Oh, oh, oh for God's sake, there's been some breaking news. <laughs> no. They've got Vic and Rob Edwards, the current Luton manager on there. <laughs> Is this their approach? Just now all Luton's managers? Yeah, I know we're doing well under Rob Edwards, but fuck me. You're doing very stop well. Taking stop taking the managers for fuck's sake. Actually, that's a question, guys. How was Marvellous Nakamba? <laughs> uh, I don't know where he played you. I had started, yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I don't know. That's a, well, that's a private conversation, so no one cares about Marvellous Nakamba, unfortunately. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, it's reverse back, switching gears. All the way back to Arsenal because we completely. Why did that feel like a, we- a weird Dutch that. accent you did there? They said, "Leave it alone." Switching it to oh, a different podcast. Allow it. <laughs> okay. uh, Arsenal drop points and they've got away with it. In terms of the team directly behind them. Yes, pretty much. But you yeah, um, Newcastle Paul... well, and Man- well, Manchester United. No, I completely forgot what Man United's result was. <laughs> We won two one in the end. Yeah, you did. Yes, it's Palace. So we didn't drop points. No, but you're not in the title race, so shut up. <laughs> but if we win our game, uh, win our game in hand, we're literally level on points or a couple of points behind City. We're not that far behind City. Well, if the way this is going, you ain't going to be level on points with them at all. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll be ahead of them. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah Arsenal not ideal for Arsenal. But if you see, actually, no. they've uh, bogey ground, Goodison Park. Yeah, they always seem to drop points there. I can't wait for it to be knocked down. <laughs> to be fair, I don't blame them. I hated it that time I went there. Oh, don't uh, you try to offend Everton fans now? No, I don't <laughs> like the fans or and that. But oh, the stadium's too. It feels weird. I'm all for it's traditional grounds. Everton fans don't listen to. Them. Maybe it's just because it was a long journey from Southampton to Merseyside. That's probably what you were just offended at the journey. And that's something as well that I've just remembered. Because we were completely, our minds with Man City were so far on this breaking news. That had you seen one of the quotes from Guardiola's press conference? <laughs> He's gone into full Klopp mode. What? What's he on? <laughs> that's worse than anything Klopp has ever said. It is. Did you see even in the comments of the post? It was a Man City account that posted, and the comments below were just like, "Nah, Pep, what are you you're chatting bollocks there?" It's the biggest shit I've ever heard anyone speak in my life. Like, come Can on, he's complaining about being tired because it takes four and a half hours to get to London from Manchester. Oh, boo hoo! Your team, who are all that all that was missing from that was the old bloody train strikes. <laughs> yeah. If he if he'd mentioned the train strikes, fair enough. No, not even fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's not an acceptable excuse. Blaming it on fucking travel. You didn't travel on the fucking game day, or did you? You would have been there, travelled the night before. Just odd. That's a man who was looking for an excuse. Yeah, and just ended up saying that one. Shit. 
Yeah, they were. They didn't win. Simple as that. You didn't put the ball in the net. It's it's as basic as that. But I want to let's move away from all that now. We've half an hour in. Let's <laughs> let's cover other teams. And unfortunately, I guess we have to. Actually, no. I'm holding out longer. Let's talk about Liverpool first. <laughs> Is Klopp gonna last the season? See, we could say, oh yeah, they've got to sack him. It, it's not going well. You know, you know, and I know, he's it's his choice whether he goes or not. Oh yeah, and I'm still thinking he goes at the end of this season. If it carries on, I feel like it would get to that. Yeah. Like, he I won't say he won't say as soon as the season no. ends because he would want the reception at the end, and the, and I think Liverpool fans would want to know by the end of the season that he, whether he's yeah. going or not. Oh, 100% they will do. But for me, I, I don't know. I've just felt this all, way all season that he will end up leaving. Mm. There was somewhere in this war. <laughs> I can't mm. solve this. And if you... No, I can't. Well, this was, you completely understood it. They were just dejected anything. Wolves had them. Yeah. Wolves look like a different class to them. Mm. Salah's completely off it. So, so. Van Dyke, he's having Van Dyke being out just destroys this team completely. I mean, yes, but at the same time, I don't think he's really been that good for himself this season. That's what I would say. They hadn't been great even when he was in the team. Mm. The midfield isn't as dynamic as it used to be. No. I mean, they the just get outrun all the time stop. now. Which, which Liverpool's big thing was that they outran everyone, and they didn't yeah. stop. They don't do that now. No, and the fact that he's having to start eighteen-year-old Stefan Bachetta, regardless of how good he's been since breaking into the first team, you shouldn't be relying on him to be like the key to your midfield when you've got Naby Keita and Thiago Alcantara in that midfield as well. But to add to that as well, you could also say that that issue is also on the higher ups, not looking at re- like re- new midfield options as well. They maybe yeah. should have spent a lot more in transfers compared to those who they're supposedly trying to to battle with. Mm. This a, it just seems like a. I feel like they need like a club reset this summer. Yeah, they're they're in rebuild territory. Which yeah, comes, I feel like they're just coming on. Aren't yeah, they? comes manager. It's like you say, man, you'd be manager. Three or four quality signings. Let's go with that. Mm-hmm. Bellingham, I think, becomes a lot more tough now. Out. Oh, hundred percent. Be like, because they're not going to be in Europe the way they're going. No, unless they go and win the Champions League. I think that's what it is with Liverpool. Champions League. They fail in that. They go out to Real Madrid. Then they've got nothing this season. And for me, I, yes, Real Madrid have dropped points and they're eight points away from uh, Barcelona in La Liga, which we can get onto later. But I still think they're a better team currently than Liverpool. Yeah. I'd agree with that one as well. So for me, I don't see them get in any Champions League glory or if they were to somehow beat Real Madrid, you look at the rest of the teams left in that competition and I just don't see Liverpool winning it. So 
Like it would be the I most Liverpool be... thing ever, wouldn't it? How bad they've been in the league and then they could just focus on the Champions League and win it. Yeah, that is obviously potential and could happen, but I just don't see it happening in my eyes. And I do think it's going to be a, a whole reset time. Um, but yeah, credit to Wolves. Uh, really good in this one, actually. Yeah, and that, that's why I don't think they go down as well. Mm. I have something about them that I can I safely can suggest that three teams don't have yeah they're going to be there is going to be three teams obviously we're including Southampton and Bournemouth in this there's going to be another team that's worse than Wolves this season yeah well Wolves I think can battle their way to the table yeah I feel mm. Yeah, they definitely have it in them to move up about five or six places. Yeah. Uh, should I have a word now on on my villa? Because, oh Lord. <laughs> At the charity shop open this weekend? Literally, it was in action this time rather than just a saying. Mm-hmm. They literally were giving them the ball to, <laughs> to score. Every single goal Horrendous. was from an actual individual mistake. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> Yeah, a Villa team that had looked so positive since. And that was even worse. Um, we looked great as well. And then you just look at this result and you're like, what the fuck happened here? Is it just a bad day at the office? Do you yeah. think? Nah, yeah, I'd agree with that personally. But Buba Kakamara is in the conversation for signing of the season, bargain of the season as well. Got him on a free. It's been brilliant any other time. Saturday was his worst performance because there's so many moments we see him do that on the ball, calm, composed. They even had a moment with it during his game, but twice he got picked off and it led to a goal. Yeah. Definitely wasn't. It's uh, the positive. What it is, is the positive and the negatives of passing out from the back. Mm. Um, I may say, like an old. Brexit type footballer but when I've watched football a lot of the times over the last two three years when you see teams try and pass it out for the back they get about five passes maximum oh wait hold up let me assign the, giving the ball away just let me assign you a background that gives you a British flag that's <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's so true you watch it nowadays in the Premier League and yeah because you you're giving yourself less chance of going forth because if teams are playing two players in the box in their own box from a goal kick you're outnumbered yeah already and you're it's supposed to be in your attacking favor yeah so why would you hamper yourselves yeah i I agree but i also say you don't get better at it unless you keep doing it i looked at arsenal in this situation obviously it took them so long to get used to everything and they do it now and it works for them and I feel like you have to trust what we're doing and it will work eventually. It's not the passing. Sometimes it is the passing. But the way you get better at it as well is knowing the risks in playing a pass to a certain yeah. position. Which oh, is why I guess I have to aim some criticism at my goalkeeper. <laughs> because sometimes he's passing balls into the... Best goalkeeper. Saving-wise, he's the best. I'm having that one, <laughs> but he's learning to this style still. Like, hey, don't pull that face. 
have some respect. Like your goal is David De Gea, he can't do it. Did he or did he not save? He, he makes some good. Both saves. of them are good strap stoppers. Yes, we can agree that. Um, anyway, give Leicester their flowers for this one because yeah, um, yeah, no, they they play well. They their tactics worked so better than us. They just they had more options in the middle. Think, which helped them yeah. out. They just were able to press us better. I feel definitely. And but defensively, like the... they were still shoddy, and we absolutely could have scored for ourselves. Yeah, I mean, not the debut uh, Harry Sutar wanted scoring an own goal. It was an unlucky one. I'll actually give him credit on that one. Well, mm. uh, I mean, you could almost blame the goalie actually <laughs> for his position. <laughs> The fact that they've got Danny Ward as their keeper, by the way. It's more unusual because they didn't. You'd have expected them to replace Kasper Schmeichel with someone highly rated. Well, they, the they found they a didn't. gem. But no, they just went with Danny Ward, the backup. I, to me, that is... I know we've talked about Bathroom's uh, transfer deals and that, but to me, that's the most strange one. They didn't replace Kasper Schmeichel. Yeah. But that one happened very suddenly, didn't it? If I think, if you remember, he he then fly out, came out and said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in moving," and then he got his move like straight away. Yeah, I mean, there was still I think a few days left of the window, if I remember correctly, because I don't think he moved on deadline day. I think he moved prior to it. Maybe it was a case of just not being able to get an option they wanted. Yeah, true. But that's probably but, the generous. Um, yes. Um, Results sees them staying well, that, 14th. Like, Villa, if we're going to add it, if we're to the point because recruitment would come into question in that case. Like, has mm. their recruitment been good enough? But they may have now found a good player in Tete because he looked pretty good. Do you know what he did? He showed Leon Bailey how to be a winger. Yeah, he looked really good. I mean, 22-year-old from Brazil, let's be honest, had you heard of him before Leicester signing? There's so many Tete. Well, I mean, I'd never heard of him beforehand, so I was just like, oh. Yeah. I, I think it was on match today, the stat, the stat came up, he had five successful dribbles past players in yeah. that game alone, which is like, Okay, that's bad. It's bad on us, but also even more damning. You got Leon Bailey in the opposition on the other side of the wing, just constantly running into doors still. Yeah, I am done with him. I, I Crawley offers sometimes in the finishing. The goal is so inconsistent; it's baffling. He'll go and score in the next game. Now, watch. He'll, he'll get a goal against Man City. Because mm. that's what he is. Like he, has his, well, he has the worst performance of the season, and then he comes out and scores somehow in the next one. Yeah, he's a very confusing player. Frustrating, frustrating, depression, sadness. Just Aston Villa Football Club in a nutshell. Yes. Anyway, let's fly through the rest of the results this weekend because I feel like we've been talking forever more now. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, I'm trying to avoid all the European talk. <laughs> it's, you can tell I'm not completely well-versed in, in that area. 
Yes, so uh, we'll finish off with the Premier League. Chelsea, Friday night, we're held to a nil-nil draw with Fulham. Poor result for Graham Potter's side. you got to be capitalising in these games. Credit to Fulham, managing to take four points out of a possible six off Chelsea this season. And they've impressed, in, man. Uh, they've impressed. Yeah. And they could have Obviously. honestly won it at times as well. Mm. Uh, Chelsea are still toothless, and Modric had a pretty bad game. Yeah, hence why he got subbed off at half time. Yeah, but they've got enough options that they can try different people. <laughs> mm. Did Brad Wecky uh, do anything when he came on? I didn't see him doing much personally. He, he was. Okay, but nothing to mm. like. It's like that's it. they're just okay. They need yeah. people that are going to deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, their big talking point over the last few days is that Aubameyang's been omitted from their Champions League squad. You'd say he's probably like, gone. Yeah, like, but it's bad enough that their options up front are limited as it is, and then yeah, <laughs> go and admit him. Completely. And there's been rumours, and there's been rumours that. Uh, David Datro Fafana could be going out on loan as well. I, I, think, I, think, I'd I think I'd seen they weren't going to do that in the end. I thought, oh, I thought Fabrizio Romano put out. I've seen the Romano link, but they'd be ridiculous to loan him out. They need striking options right now. Yeah. If you're going to loan him out, you do it when the window is open as well. No, oh, well, I think it's to one of these. Chelsea's like, thinking uh, is very much to, oh, if we're going to sell someone, we're going to, we're going to loan them out straight away. Yeah. If they were to loan him out, why don't they just leave him at Geng for the season? Hmm. It would have made more sense. But yeah, I don't think now with uh, how they've been playing, they can loan him out. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Brentford beat Southampton 3-0. We spoke about Southampton, but we didn't speak on their game. Uh, easy win for Thomas Frank's side, scoring two goals just before the half-time whistle, and then Matthias Jensen scoring 10 minutes before time to get the victory there. Newcastle and West Ham played out a one-all draw, so drop points for uh, Newcastle in the sense of trying to get in a more secure place in the top four, um, considering how poor West Ham have been playing. Forest beat Leeds by one goal to nil. Uh, Brennan Johnson. Brennan Johnson. Are <laughs> you trying to add some like foreign? Yeah, I was nearly calling him. Your <laughs> no, no, he's then. Welsh. <laughs> yeah, it's just Brennan Johnson. Yeah, he probably gets a big move at some point down the line. He's been passed. I think he's been the best. He's got the best stats so far of any player. Five goal involvements, yeah. three goals, two assists, something like that. Not bad, not bad at all. Uh, Kaelin Levis made his debut, becoming the was, oldest yeah. goalkeeper. Oh, he was class. <laughs> Watch it, yeah. he was. He did well. The oldest goalkeeper. How is he playing for Forest? Since Andy <laughs> how is he playing for Nottingham Forest? I'm sorry to any Nottingham Forest fans that listen. I don't know how he's your player. No, I don't. That's he, he will almost certainly uh, go down as a much loved, like, cult figure that was on loan. Yeah. Don't fall in love with loan players, they say, but yeah. They're going to do it. And the only other result was uh, Man United beat Crystal Palace 2-1. Bruno and Rashford scoring. The only thing people care about with that one is Casemiro turning into Homer Simpson and looking at Will Hughes like he was his his son. (laughs) Why you little? I mean, let's be honest. Slow motion replay made it look a lot worse than he actually was. Within two seconds, they were hawking. All right. Slow and motion, B, not put you your sh- hands sh- sh- on another sh- man's shut throat. Up, shut up, shut <laughs> up, shut up. Andre, are you 
or the IU is it Andre IU Jordan? Agree, there should have been more red cards so when you looked at the whole thing, but yeah, <laughs> put his hands on a man's throat. Like yeah, wrong and he's going to get the free match ban. We're playing. I think it's Leeds twice, and I can't think of who the other game is against. Is it supposedly his first strike red ever? It's his first red card ever. I don't think just straight red. I think it may be his first. He red got sent off against Palace. He was didn't he? No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I can't I'm say sure how that's his first. first red card ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so he's missing two games against Leeds and then one against Leicester. Yeah, let's see what Fred's made of it. And Marcel Savitza. Yeah, there's that as well. How did he do when he came? I know he was okay. Yeah, he was decent enough. We've only got like last 10 minutes or so, so you can't really judge too much. But, uh, and I've also been, you've already got your defensive midfielder price on Victor Lindelof. Exactly. <laughs> so, no worries. But uh, yeah, good result for United. Can't complain. And they now sit uh, just the three points behind Manchester City. Yeah, decent so. for them. Also, I wanted to just add a small point. Brighton and Brentford, they're in there, a little tussle for potentially a top six spot. Sixth, seventh, get that European place for two teams that you wouldn't yeah. have thought would ever get one. No. I but cannot I wait for those important. two to play on the 1st of April. Yeah, I think it's also mainly down to the fact that how shoot Chelsea and Liverpool have been this season. It is, but in that case, you have to, you have to take advantage. Yeah. Well, you're pulling faces at me. I don't know why. I'm what you... the... what did you just <laughs> randomly open the door? <clears throat> <laughs> this is, why is this a talking anyway. point? Move on. You want to talk about European stuff? Get on with it. Yes. Uh, we'll start off with the Bundesliga and Borussia Dortmund beat Freiburg <clears throat> excuse me, by five goals to one. And it was a first goal for Sebastian Aller. Yeah, lovely scene. Yes. Which was absolutely fantastic to see. Uh, so, good result there. <laughs> I am losing my, my voice has suddenly just gone. That was not a, a nice call. <laughs> no, <just>, yeah. <clears throat> but it's getting Elsewhere, uh, <laughs> there we go. I've managed to get it back. Uh, Bayern Munich beat Wolfsburg by four goals to two. Um, Michel Cancelo once again getting an assist, so that's two games, two assists now for him. Mm. If only a certain club in Manchester had him on their box and could have used him this weekend. Oh, they, no, don't worry, they're going to need to sell him soon, FFP. <laughs> mm. uh, elsewhere, Union Berlin kept on the pressure by beating Mainz by two goals to nil. Leipzig played out a nil-nil draw with FC Clone and Bayer Leverkusen lost. 1-0 to uh, Augsburg and Eintracht Frankfurt beat Hertha Berlin by three goals to nil. So the title race in Germany is still uh, close as ever. One where it isn't close is uh, Italy because Napoli won 3-0 this weekend and just give them the title already. Yeah, title race is done and it's the other games that intrigued me because the AC Milan have issues. Yep, losing 1-0 to into Milan, Lataro Martinez scoring the only goal of the game. Not promising for uh, AC Milan. I mean, the result season slipped down to sixth place now. Yeah, like the question is, as they gone as far as I can with the manager who, yes, did win the title with them last season, but it's not working right now. 
And they've also fallen out a little yeah. bit with Rafael Leao as well. It seems a weird situation with him and his contract at this minute in time. So. It's clear, he clearly wants to go elsewhere in that case. That feels clear. Yeah, he seems to have outgrown himself there. Like he's outshining them too much. And I mean, I'd take him in the Premier League and at Man United specifically. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting situation there as to what will happen with uh, Rafael Leal come the summer. Uh, other results, uh, Roma managed to beat Empoli by two goals to nil. Another great performance by Tammy Abraham getting a goal this time. And two nice assists for Pal- getting his form back now, Tammy Abraham, ahead of his summer move to, to Villa. <laughs> yes. Uh, and um, in their sense, Nicolo Zaniolo looks like he could be off to Turkey. Yeah, because something happened with the Ultras in the Napoli game. So that relationship's in tatters. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's, he's still got the potential, but he's, he always seems to be injured. Yeah, he's one of them, isn't he? Like, he's one of them where I can feel, like, he's a couple, he's a good run away, good, like, run of games away from being a decent player and actually being able to do it. But, yeah, it's just not happening uh, for him over there. Uh Atalanta losing to Sassuolo is a big shot considering how poor Sassuolo have been doing this year. Although I did say uh, in the preview show that, that I was capable of happening due to uh, the surprise that Sassuolo do come up with. Uh, over in Spain and Barcelona managed to beat Sevilla by three goals to nil in a fantastic game for them. Jordi Alba scoring and getting an assist. Uh, Gavi and Rafinha scoring for uh, Xavi's side. A fantastic result for them. Yeah, they do well. Especially fair play to them. So. Yeah. yeah, especially with Real Madrid losing to Real Mallorca this uh, past week, which is a big, big surprise. And to make matters worse, uh, Thibaut Courtois is injured and is expected to miss the Club World Cup. Yeah, but it's the Club World Cup, any? I don't think they're going to be too worried, personally. No. Uh, but yeah, very troubling times there for him this past weekend. Uh, Real Valladolid managed to beat Real Sociedad. Uh, so it's been an advantage to Barcelona this past weekend in uh, La Liga. And then Atletico Madrid were held to a one-all draw with Hatafe. And finally, over to France. And PSG uh, managed to beat Toulouse 2-1 despite going down 1-0. Uh, Messi once again. Now, I think he's now on 10 goals and 10 assists for the season. But I, I haven't seen his stats, but yeah, fair play if he's done that. Like, he should be doing that. He's not messy. Yeah, 10 goals, 10 assists this season. Uh, I've done uh, Definitely. Uh, Lyon managed to beat Troyes by three goals, which is quite ironic. Troyes conceded Troyes. Uh, Lille beat Rennes. <laughs> Lille beat Rennes. Uh, by the scoreline 3-1. Monaco managed to beat Clermont and Marseille lost 3-1 to uh, Nice. So, uh, big result there for PSG in terms of the title race. Uh, that is all the European football. That is, and I feel like that's almost everything entirely. Some of it seemed in your end that I was distracted looking for two puppies, uh, as I'm nicknaming them, I'm nicknaming the Dyer and Bowie. I'm having a scrap over here and it's very distracting. 
Ah, so that's what you've been doing then in the last five, ten minutes. They're annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> Never get puppies uh, for the, for the, uh, growing up together. <laughs> yes, definitely not. Right, uh, I'll probably find you with me. I just. I almost hide them, but love them at the same time. Mm-hmm. They're like the Aston Villa of puppies. <laughs> and I think that is the perfect note to end <laughs> this week's podcast on. Oh, hi, mate. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, we will be back later on this week to uh, look ahead to all the uh, games this week. It's a bit weird because in my head in the women's game, I'm getting ready to go into the international break. So that's why I was a little bit confused. But we do have uh, games coming up thick and fast over the next seven days. And we are not far away from the Champions League returning. This time next week, we'll be get, talking about the Champions League being back. So that's not nice. they're, claw, that they're clawing at me now. <laughs> I suppose it is. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Uh, Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and that you give us a five-star rating and that you're following us on Twitter at RTCPod for all the latest news and stories there. And we'll finish on a sombre moment as we remember the lives of the Manchester United players and the journalists that passed away on this day 65 years ago. You're ruining the moment, God damn it. <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> Yeah, that that somber moment could have been ten times better. That's all I say. Don't work with kids and pets. Exactly. Yeah, good times away, dear. They've got they've gone nuts because somebody's coming in the house. <laughs> yeah, don't even the usual intro. We will see you soon. <laughs>